We're going, we don't need roads. could say is technically our first episode, but it's not our first episode. Well, not really, yeah. It's one of those tricky, uh, you know, post-production kind of, you know, tricks. We have a lot of knowledge about uh, film and all that sort of business, but, you know, in along the line, you have to learn your way around the whole audio world. That's right. Now, um, I believe you're, would it be fair to say you're the producer on this show? Uh, I guess it's fair to say, you know, uh, we were both producers, but I'm certainly working our way towards yeah, a more technical I'd producer. Say, yeah, are, say are you laying AP. the blame on me? Is this where we're heading? <laughs> oh, I'd my say, God! <laughs> I'd say I'm AP and you're P, right? You're a producer. Uh, so what's happened, folks, is the first segment of our very first podcast, the, the tech side was, uh, was the audio. was not, We were both not really happy with it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, while our content we feel is is really quite strong for you guys to to get into, <laughs> if I do say so, so myself, <laughs> yeah. um, opinions vary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, this allows you to hear it as it was intended. Yeah, exactly. So we thought we'd just throw it out there anyway, knowing that the first segment um, Sean failed in the producing of that audio. It's fine. I just had to spend an extra four hundred bucks, but you know, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> here we are. We're now working ourselves on these Rode podcaster mics and yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So uh, with that said, what you're going to hear is uh, what we called our first episode originally is because it was um, uh, used with uh, all Rode mics, but they were different versions. And with these mics, we feel quite comfortable with yeah. where we are now. Yeah, so it was officially our first episode, but um, we're not happy to release it as an official first episode. So it's just like a, a tech draft, I guess. And and you yeah. can listen to it if you want to listen to it just from a content point of view. But really, the first 20 minutes is a, a little bit how you're doing, a little bit echoey. And then, then we fix that up anyway. Uh, the, yeah. the second half of the pod's fine. So if you find it, you're like, you know what? Uh, I don't like the sound of this. Just head straight to the, the first actual episode on iTunes yeah. and uh, you will hear everything as it's intended to be. Otherwise, this episode features some great stuff. Yeah, we talk about it, actually, and Shane jumps on the line and that's a really good uh, piece. Yeah, Shane Abassa, who's the movie analyst, someone we're going to bring in regularly, yeah. critic around on national uh, uh, radio and papers and things like that. Uh, he sees everything before they come out. So he's great to have on the show, and, and he has a really uh, interesting take on uh, it. And movies in general. So without further ado, like, yeah, let's jump into the first kind of unofficial tech run-through, dry <laughs> what other work run, can we attach to this? Fail, failed attempt podcast. <laughs> and then head to Ep1. Okay, bye. So in the movies at the movie segment, we're going to look at a couple of films each week uh, that have either just been released or uh, 
you have, Jason, been lucky enough to go and see it before the rest of us common folk. Yeah, uh, from time to time we'll be able to do that. Sometimes I have to sign an agreement like I did today on Kingsman. <laughs> oh, we're going to go into that later, don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll do that. And obviously we could also talk about films that are maybe three or four weeks old as well if we haven't had a chance to cover them, you know. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to today's uh, profile film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into it at a moment because what I want to explain to everybody is that we have our own little rating system. Why do we have our own little rating system? Well, look, I think um, I have a little bit of a, a bugbear with some of the uh, major critics out there that you know kind of pan particular films. And for me, I think every film has a place. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll rephrase. <laughs> Which is why we came up with the system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is a way that Sean and I kind of talk about films. We don't really say, oh, that's a two out of ten or something like that. Um, look, 90% of the films that are out there, or even TV, there is a time and place that you might be able to watch that TV or, or film. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think that this uh, hopefully will, you know, you'll agree, reflects that. So let, let's go have a look. Uh, well, and the it. other, sorry, the other thing is too, like, I might like Nicolas Cage and you may not, right? That's true. So there's a time and place for me to watch a Nicolas Cage film. Although we all like Nicolas Cage, really. (laughs) But everyone has their own, uh, you know, pleasures. (laughs) Um, So we're going to run through these fairly quickly for you. Uh, But it's important to note that these do run uh, in somewhat similar style to stars, is that right? Yeah, look, we don't want to refer them to a five-star rating or a one-star rating, but they do, it's kind of a parallel thing, you know, a little bit like a, a, a star rating. Yeah, and yeah. I think as we'll explain it, and we're going to explain it right now because we'll waffled on too, not too much long about it, uh, you will, uh, you'll understand. So uh, top of the game for us is cinema. Yeah, so cinema means a couple of things, two things really, two things we're looking for. If we say go to the cinema, it means two things. One, it's a uh, it's a special effects extravaganza or something that looks amazing or cinematography is amazing. Could be It could even be an Oscar film that just looks beautiful yeah, yeah. or it could be a Guardians of the Galaxy that's got, you know, 2,000 special effects shots, you know. Uh, but it also could be a timing thing. This movie's that good or it could even have a twist that you must see because it will be talked about at, uh, around the office the, the yeah. following day. So yeah. we recommend you go to the cinema and watch it on the biggest screen possible as soon as possible. Yeah, and for me, if, like, if, I had, uh, if we had done this when we saw the original Blair Witch, uh, which we saw at a midnight screening, uh, I would have come <laughs> out the next day saying, see this movie at the cinema. Right, why? Within the next two or three days. Yeah. Because Spoilers. Spoilers. Mm. But is that a five-star film? No. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. It could be to you. It may not be to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, then we move down to home entertainment. Well, maybe it's not down to, but it's across a, a to. Across <laughs> to. <laughs> so home entertainment is uh, obviously home entertainment in America is about two months after theatrical cinema release. And in Australia, which is where we're um, doing the pod, is about three months after uh, theatrical. So if we say home entertainment, that's kind of already saying that you don't have to go see it day one. Um, you could probably w- wait a couple of months. Uh, but we are saying, hey, listen, it, it's still worth going to maybe see it on Blu-ray, for example. Yeah, we might actually determine that. Okay, let's go see this film on home entertainment, but we're recommending Blu-ray. Or we might say, see it on home entertainment, but you can just rent it digital or rent it on DVD because uh, it's not a special effects-driven film or something like that. Um, yeah, but it's not saying anything bad about the film at all. It just means you don't have to rush out and watch it tomorrow. Yeah, 
And uh, so we're going to move across again uh, to digital subscription. So digital subscription is, you know, obviously your Netflix and your Hulu and, and Stan in Australia. Um, and I think uh, UK has, uh, is it Love Film in UK? Uh, it, well, actually, it's now Amazon. They Amazon, it, yeah. right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and these are subscription um, platforms. So this is where you pay 10 to $15 pounds, US dollars a month. Uh, and you have uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet of movies and TV. Yeah. Uh, and so what we're saying here is that, uh, obviously, it's a cheaper way of uh, consuming content, but it's uh, you can wait another three to four months. So typically, subscription is around nine months after um, cinema release. It varies. Some are a little bit earlier, some are later. But let's just say it's around that kind of six to nine month mark. So we're saying you don't, you certainly don't have to rush out and watch it. And in your own time, if it happens to appear on your subscription, hey, um, have a look at it there. Yeah, and look, uh, the next one is uh, holds a place, I think, in everyone's heart at some point in their lives, in transit. Yeah, so in transit's an interesting one because uh, when we say in transit, we're talking about uh, a flight from Sydney to LA or a, a flight from uh, Miami to New York or it could be Sydney to Melbourne, you know, or it could be a uh, commute on the train or bus from work, which could be an hour or two hours long. My commute's two hours long. Yours is an hour. Sure. Do, do, do I want to keep talking about my... Uh, so what I do is I catch a bus at 4.55 <laughs> and I work away to the train station to get a train that stressed up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Please stop. And, <laughs> Please stop. And yeah, so in transit is uh, basically where you uh, have your complete downtime and it's your time. You're either looking out at the clouds in the plane... Uh, or you're looking at the trees go by on the train or bus. This is a perfect time. Perfect, not trees go by in a plane. <laughs> I said, didn't I say bus or no, no, train? I'm saying that. Hopefully yeah. it's not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get <laughs> those mixed up. You don't want that, yeah. <laughs> so you've got a bit of time on your hands, a bit of downtime, a perfect uh, time to watch that uh, TV show or movie that you've been kind of putting off a little bit. You put it off at cinema, you put it off at home entertainment, you put it off on digital subscription even. And this is a time where you can actually maybe uh, temporary download from a digital subscription or rent it and uh, you watch it uh, in transit. Not now, saying it's a bad film. Yeah. There's some great in-transit movies and TV, I think, you know. Oh, yeah, and, and sometimes uh, you actually I'm, – I'm happy to get on a plane because I know that I'm going to get a film that I've just missed at the cinema and I'll actually get it before it's released uh, on home entertainment. Yeah. So it sits in between that, you know, sort of – um, cinema and home entertainment anyway. Well, look, I, I love the Oscars, right? Yeah. I love the Oscars. I love watching the Oscar kind of films. And um, I also love the uh, US summer blockbusters as well. But I watched Moonlight on a plane and that was a, a perfect in-transit film because I knew that I'd kind of have to watch the film by myself. I knew that my family wouldn't be that interested in watching it. So I had to wait for a time where, um, you know, where I could watch it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't like a Sunday afternoon watch it by yourself kind of film, but um, I watched it from um, Sydney to Thailand. And it was yeah, perfect. And I so. really enjoyed it. I loved it. And it was just a perfect place to watch it. So that's a good example of In Transit. It's not a bad film. It was a, yeah. one of the, a great film. Now for our next one, some of us didn't have actually any choice in the matter, but uh, free to air. Yeah. So free to air is obviously with, comes with commercial breaks. <laughs> and uh, this could be maybe, maybe for uh, 
uh, graveyard shift workers or who, you know, uh, come home at 10.30pm at night or in the morning and grab their frozen dinner and nuke it and sit on the couch and turn the TV on just to kind of numb out for an hour before going to bed. And maybe there's a free-to-air movie that just comes on automatically. It could be 20 minutes in already. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe we're saying wait for free-to-air. Wait for that lonely night where you're sitting there by yourself. It pops up and you're watching this two-hour-long movie with commercials and happy days. Yeah, some of, the best, some of the best films for my second, third, upteenth watches have been on free-to-air when I've come on, turned the TV on, just checked what's on. Sure. Oh, and, and you, and you continue to watch. Yeah. You know, there's for my fifth watch and Good Will Hunting is now my favourite film for this year because uh, <laughs> it was just the most, it was the, the right film to watch at that moment. Yeah. Um, um, I love that film. So if you've been counting at home, folks, that's been five categories we've had. Okay. Generally, and I and I also said ninety percent of films deserve to be in these categories. Yes, and there's maybe ten percent or five percent, whatever that number is, that are going to be on the last category that, that we have, which I can I can honestly say is the bottom. Uh, don't watch. Oh, okay. So what do you do? Don't fucking watch it. Oh, okay, right. So what happens? Uh, you just don't turn it on. <laughs> or you actively get off your chair and turn it off. Or turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're actually making an effort to go and turn it off. Yeah. So if we say there's a movie that, <laughs> that belongs in this don't watch category, and I can't wait for our first don't watch, by the way, because... Yeah, I'm looking for one. Yeah. But you don't want to you don't want to go out and like pick a B grade film and say don't watch it because that's kind of obvious. Oh, no, no. I mean remember our history, we worked in video stores for years and years and years. So we we get the hidden treasures and the cult films and the mm. director video B grade nasties. And we we have, know that there's a place for those things. Yeah, we, we have also seen some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we used to get uh VHS copies of uh previews and things like that. Yeah. And uh basically what would happen is you would have two to sometimes three films on one VHS tape. And you know, you could be bothered fast forwarding through the first Can you compress one. a VHS tape? <laughs> Can you? Sure. Can you compress a VHS tape? Uh, I mean, you could open it up, cut it out, put it back together and watch it. Yeah. That's a lot of work. So generally you would sort of start fast forwarding through this the first film you didn't want to watch. And realised that, in fact, actually you wanted to watch it, so you'd start watching it. <laughs> and it was some bad, bad stuff in there. Anyway, that is our so there it is. system. Yeah. Cinema, home entertainment, digital subscription, in transit, free to air, or don't watch. Don't watch, yep. First film. Our first film in our movies at the movies category. I'm so excited for this one. Yeah. You know what it is? Did I tell you? Yes. I did tell you. Oh, good. Excellent. It <laughs> is... It. Stephen King's... It. 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 Yes. So, um, well, let's, let's talk about the, um, the film very briefly from a high-level point of view and then we can talk about what we think, yeah? Yeah, please. Uh, look, I think generally the way this is always going to go is you're going to be fairly high-level yep. until I drag you down into the mud. Okay, all right, yeah. until everyone gets bored. All right. <laughs> so, look, this is the, uh, unbelievably the first uh, big-screen adaptation of this uh, source uh, novel by Stephen King. Would you mind just pass me a beer, please? Oh. Okay, I was on a roll there. Sorry, I you know, didn't interrupt, but you've got the, the ice and the beer right next to you. Thank there, you very much. There you go, mate. Enjoy that. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Just open it up so I can get, no. get on a roll. Have you seen um, uh, Penguins of the Madagascar? Penguins? Oh, uh, the like director video no, sequel? I went to the movies. Oh, uh, no. I, my, my kids are not young anymore, so. Right. 
Anyway, sorry, is it they eat Cheetos a lot? Oh, or yeah. these other things called puppies or whatever they're Oh, called. yeah, I've seen that scene, yeah. Yeah, 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 and every time the guy talks, he eats it. Yeah. So I was just waiting for you to start talking. <laughs> so... <laughs> sorry, let's, go, let's get on with this. All right. So, yeah, it's uh, amazing to be uh, seeing this on the big screen for the first time, and uh, it's directed by Andy Machete, who uh, directed Mama, the, um, the little creeper that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, with uh, with uh, called Mama, it has uh, stars Bill Bill Skarsgård who plays uh, Pennywise, the clown uh, filling big shoes with um, Tim Curry's yeah, uh, yeah Pennywise. Yeah, it has uh, Jaden Lieberher and Finn Wolfhard who uh, was in Stranger Things last year, uh, and he plays one of the uh, kids in the Loser Club, Losers Club. So, um, what, what do we know about this? Stephen King wrote his um, wrote the novel and released it in 1986. So he wrote it between 81 and 85 and released it in 1986. There was a telly movie, a two-part telly movie that was um, made and um, aired in 1990. It's funny, I saw that and I, I forgot that it was actually a telly movie though. Like, mm. Yeah. They did yeah. a lot of those back then, didn't they? Telly yeah, they did. Now. And, you know, it was probably a little bit edgy for a telemovie back then, you know. But um, really, let's face it, although I love that telemovie because I watched it at the right age, um, the only really good thing to come out of that telemovie was uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they finally um, made the um, big screen adaptation. Now, so this cost $30 million to make. Really? That was the budget. That's... That's quite cheap. It's pretty good, yeah. And uh, it's a Warner Brothers film and they have very, very high hopes on this. It it's, um, has a lot of buzz behind it from a box office point of view, so they're yeah. expecting big financial uh, things. When you're spending 30, 30 mil on something like that, uh, I mean, they've marketed hard and I know that you'll talk about that later in your box office, but um, what, this is going to – it changes a little bit of how my review is skewed. Oh, right, okay. Well, that's, Just a little bit. That's interesting. Thirty mil is uh, really, I mean, you know, in today's terms of making films that are marketed this heavily, yeah, generally you're not going to get a thirty million dollar film. So, um, yeah, uh, Warner Brothers are expecting to for this to be over a hundred million dollar hit uh, in the US. I'm talking US domestic. So, just to put that into perspective, yeah. there is about ten to eleven. R-rated horror films only that have grossed over a hundred million dollars in the history of film. Okay. So if this does over a hundred million dollars, it'll join that club of ten or eleven films. Wow, that's can, yeah. Can you think of some of those uh, R-rated horror films that might be over a hundred million bucks? Saw. No. Oh, well, I'm off. I'm <laughs> off already. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hostel. No. Oh. They're all big, big horror movies, they're, but they're probably really the 70, like, 80 million, yeah. Oh, right. so we're heading back down to like uh, the 70s and 80s with like... Not really. Number one is a 70s film, but no, there's some modern horror in I there. I know Blair Witch would be in the... Blair 10, Witch is in there. Yep. Blair yeah. Witch is in there, definitely. That did, um, uh, the that's, num- that's number three, actually, Blair Witch. Yeah, the Ring? No. But that would oh, probably God. be like 11 or 12. All of these ones that I love and they're not uh, up there. I mean, Event Horizon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you some. So the yeah. top ten um, largest gross for an R-rated uh, horror film is, number one is The Exorcist. Uh, so I said 78. No. I said there was, there was one and that was it. One. So that, that did 232 million and that's not even inflated. So that's yeah. huge, right? 
Number two is a modern horror in Get Out. Right, yeah, I haven't seen that, but it uh, looks all right. Yeah, so Get Out did <laughs> $175 million. Obviously worked very, very well in North America. Yeah. Uh, number three was Blair Witch Project, which you uh, said. Yeah. Uh, number four is The Conjuring. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, we spoke about that privately, haven't we? I haven't seen that. And you said, I have to see it. Yeah, it's a great modern horror. I'm, yeah. I'm not a massive fan of modern horror, to be honest. Mm. I, I love the kind of 80s uh, icons, but... Um, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, paranormal Activity is number five. Oh, yeah, I mean, see, that was like a, it's a poor man's Blair Witch for me. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Uh, well, look, number one was kind of a little bit inventive, but yeah. Uh, number uh, The next one is Interview with a Vampire. Oh, okay. I mean, class as horror, I guess I, it is, guess gothic back, horror. Especially back then it was a, yeah. a horror, wasn't it? Yeah, enjoyed that film. Uh, and then we have look. I won't go through all. I got we got a few screams in there. Scream one and two, and yeah, Conjuring well, two as happy well. With scream one and two. Yeah. So this has the potential. Were, to... Just you and I. You and I saw Scream one at a at a um, preview screening. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. Back a long so time. Much. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I still love that film today. Because we didn't great. really know that much about it at the time. Well, and no, not it was at all. just Wes you, know, you and I are just young lads at the time, and. Uh, that, that was everything that we were. That reignited <laughs> horror, the horror genre. <laughs> I could talk about this for an hour, okay. but I won't. We won't. Okay, let's, that's good. Yeah, so I'm just um, letting you know that this movie um, has very high expectations and, and from all accounts is tracking very well at the moment. So listen, we, um, before we give our full review, we actually have probably uh, a regular... Um, movie analyst that we you know like to call up and from time to time and uh, his name is um, Shane A. Bassett and uh, he's a movie analyst and movie critic and he um, he does uh, you know a local newspaper and radio and uh, in the Sydney areas and Central Coast area of New South Wales Australia and we just thought it'd be nice to, to kind of dial him in occasion we'll be dialing a lot of people in from you know all over the industry and and friends and, and people who might know about whatever we're talking about, whatever topic we're talking about at the time. And we thought that uh, it'd be good to get Shane on the line and just get his thoughts as well on the film. Um, yeah, so let's want to do that. Yeah, we'll give him a call. So we're just uh, dialing in Shane, our uh, movie analyst. Hello. Hey, Shane, it's uh, Jason and Sean. How are you, mate? Very good, guys. How's the night been so far? Uh, you know, uh, Jason's been talking a lot about himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing unusual. <laughs> oh, come on, guys, come on. So, listen, we've uh, we're just talking about Stephen King's It. Sean, did you want to maybe yeah look, talk about you know, what you thought? Or it was a little bit late for the 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 screening. It was at eleven a.m. Oh, so you actually missed the opening, or no, no, I got there in time, okay. but I was, you know, I was rushing. You, you were stressed. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what is interesting about an eleven a.m. horror screening? No one's there. No. Uh, well, there were a few people in. It's a little bit scary in itself, but you're expecting it almost at eleven a.m. to watch something like Bob the Builder. <laughs> so you kind of be you're quite unaware. As to what actually happens, and if any blood comes out, things like that, it's actually quite shocking. Yeah, right, because you, you're in 11 a.m. body mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, still have, <laughs> I, I haven't had any alcohol yet. It hasn't hit midday yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting on my first coffee. But anyway, you know, I'm on the way to the cinema. I actually realized that I was really excited for this film. Yeah. All I could picture was, you know, that little uh, scene in the trailer uh, with the, um, the gutter and the drain. 
And Classic scene. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Classic scene in the book, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, telly movie. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that was brilliant. So uh, all the way through, I was thinking, okay, I'm excited for this. I, don't, I hope that's a good thing. Um, then I sat down for the trailers and American Assassin came on, as we were speaking about earlier. Yeah, nice. Now, American Assassin, uh, you know, I knew a little bit about it going in. You told me you, you were seeing it. Um, so I knew that it was a good omen. This is a great film. <laughs> this okay. is going to be a great film for me. Yep. Then I got to the point... I can't uh, help but feel that this is going downhill <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> and then I got to the part where um, I just thought, in what world does a parent allow a little kid in what is obviously a very gloomy neighbourhood... <laughs> <laughs> to go play with his boat. <laughs> with a mother sitting there playing, you know, this ominous music on a piano on some sort of depressant pill, no doubt, <laughs> uh, not paying attention to her son. Who, who lets their child out in a, a rainstorm where, you know, flash flooding is about to happen? So you spent the next two and a half hours <laughs> not being able to get past that, didn't you? This is what I'm saying. You can't have coffee before you go and see a, a, a film to have an overactive <laughs> mind, right? Um, no, but, but honestly, in the end, that opening scene, was perfect. It, it, it really said to me what I was in for. Yeah. Because as I said, I expected Bob the Builder just because I was there at 11 a.m. <laughs> and, uh, you know, without giving anything away too much, but the, the, the end to that scene is quite horrific. And uh, oh, So we have a rule here, uh, Pod, So uh, and Shane as well, mate. Uh, so when a movie has just been released at the movies, a la It, uh, open yesterday in Australia, um, we will not give you spoilers on the film okay only if it's a couple of weeks old if it's been out for three or four weeks we might yep. give you a little bit of a taste in spoilers but so today will be a spoiler free uh review if that's okay with everyone yeah yep uh so basically I, i'm going to go into a few things after you guys talk talk about it because it is more sort of points in the film okay. but my overall review of it is i think that they melded uh uh, this coming-of-age story really well with um, the amount of horror um, there is. Now, there are some timing issues because the film is was it was over two hours. Um, and uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it runs in at uh, 2.05, I think. 2.05? Or 2.15. 135 minutes. Yeah, 2.15. Yeah, 2.15. Yeah. So it is a fair length, really. And, and um, actually, speaking of length, when I heard that it was running for 2.15, I was kind of excited by that because I, I couldn't help but feel that they were going to punch out this 93-minute crammed version of a 1,200-page book. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when I heard that it was 2.15, I was actually pleasantly happy with that. And So I'll, I'll roll into my feelings a little bit. I won't go into full detail, Shane, until, we, until you do your thing. But um, So firstly, as I've mentioned before, I couldn't believe in the first five minutes, I was so excited because I couldn't believe I was finally seeing Stephen King's It on the big screen. Uh, I read this book when I was 14, and that was uh, 30 years ago <laughs> for those playing at home. Yeah, and, uh, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the uh, the horror elements and uh, the coming-of-age story. And then, obviously, I uh, I had the 1990s, you know, three-hour, two-part telemovie, um, which was, at the time, was was great. And it was uh, gave me a little bit of a hit, you know. But, um, yeah, we're, uh, what are we, 27 years on from that? And here I am finally seeing this on the big screen for the first time. So that in itself, I was very excited for this film, you know. 
Uh, all in all, I won't uh, drag on about it, but all in all, I love this film and I thought it was excellent and I, I thought um, the director gave the, the source, the TLC, that it's deserved. And when I say that, I mean that he fleshed out the characters, he spent time with the character development, he spent time with the um, the coming-of-age story of it, and he didn't hold any punches with the horror or the, the creepiness or the gore. Um, I'm a horror purist, as we talked about earlier, and I was happy. You know, now, there's going to be... I've, I've heard a few people walk out going, oh, it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Well, what's scary? That, that's a subjective terminology. It depends on what scares you, right? Yeah, that's so, the, point of the point of it. Yeah, and the actual fact, the, the, the book, the Stephen King book, is very much a coming-of-age story first, which was plugged in with your own nightmare second, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so all in all, I was very happy. I, I thought uh, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise had big shoes to fill, and I thought he was excellent. And I thought, obviously, he was complemented with modern CGI, which uh, Tim Curry obviously didn't really have. But uh, that, I think, was a compliment to, to him. But all in all, um, I thought this film was... I just loved... I loved every minute of it. I do agree it was a little bit kind of... It, the length... I was feeling the length a little bit at the end, but I was happy. I was invested. So I was happy to uh, sit there and continue watching it and can't wait for the um, chapter two. Shane, what, what do you think? Well, I agree with both of you, both of you um, except... Uh, I did see it at a 10 a.m. screening, and I wasn't even thinking of Bob, Bob the Builder. <laughs> that's, that's funny, but, you know, the opening scene, without sort of saying anything at all, it, you know, it surprised me, not the just the effect that it had because it did scare me, but, I, you know, I thought it might have been like Jaws. We, you know, you don't see the shark until yeah. halfway through the movie. I really didn't think we would see Pennywise so soon. So that kind of got me and jolted me at the beginning. I loved the cast. I do think the adults were just, I know, just as a disclaimer too, I've never read the book. Oh, okay. I have, yeah, I haven't either now. Right. I haven't read the book. Like, yeah, so I had nothing to refer it to. And I have seen the 1990 television series that Tim Curry played Pennywise in, but not for, you know, over a decade. So I really don't think I could do it justice by comparing this new movie to that either. Uh, and at two hours and 15 minutes, Jay, I could have done with another half an hour. I really, really was invested and got into it so much. The young cast were basically unknowns. Yeah. I did recognise a couple of them. But, you know, generally... You, you had Finn... Star, you've, you've got stars there. Yeah, you Very got Finn cool. Wolfhard from, um, from uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. He had all the best lines. And delivered them and to perfection. A, of course, there's Australian Nicholas Hamilton. Uh, he was he was looked like a young Kevin Bacon to me. Yeah, uh, I thought he was great as the as the main bad guy there, the real tough kid. Well, he was tough on the outside anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, it was more creepy than scary though. Yes. And I, I love my horror. I'm not quite as much as you, Jay, of course. You're the aficionado, but I do love my horror movies, but this one was definitely in the creepy category <laughs> rather than I yeah. wasn't too petrified. Although ne never having a phobia, phobia of clowns, I'm definitely <laughs> thinking twice now. Well, uh, that, that's actually a good uh, thought there because if you do have a phobia of clowns or you just do not like horror films, you might want to stay away from this film, to be honest. 
But if yeah. you if you don't mind horror films and you have no problem with clowns and you like Stand By Me and A Nightmare on Elm Street, do yourself a favour. This is a nice – and Stranger Things, of course, but we always say Goonies. that. And the Goonies, yeah, exactly. I actually thought that, uh, yeah, that, that kid that um, played the, you know, the new kid in town, uh, he would have done a perfect Shuffle Truffle. Shuffle Truffle? The Goonies, you know, the – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was his acting name? He would have been uh, perfect uh, in that yeah. role. <laughs> and I thought, now is the time to put the Goonies forward because, you know, you, we've, we've found him. That's who you wait for. You can, you can make all the other guys and just bring them in. But you have so Sean's have talking about uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor, who plays the, uh, the you know, slightly chubby guy in uh, It, and he's referring to the chubby guy <laughs> in, in Goonies, yeah. And yes. what's, what's the, uh, is it tummy chubby roll? Tummy roll? In Goonies, what do they call it? I thought it was a shuffle, yeah. shuffle, but you know, yeah, the wa- I can't remember exactly, but I know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I, I yeah. think we all need to get together to watch the Goonies again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever you can't remember every line, I think that's the point where you are okay, yeah, another watch. Um, can I just get down to the nitty gritty of this sure, film for a second? Let's do that because everyone's being so positive about it, yep. and you know, that's great, I love it, but I feel that if you cut out every scene with a floating balloon. You could have saved half an hour and given yourself, uh, Shane, that extra half hour you wanted. Um, <laughs> because, you know, there were one or two scenes with the floating balloon. Set the scene, love it, great. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I actually didn't expect to see uh, Pennywise so early. But when I did, I, I found I was really excited. I was more in that sort of rock star sort of, yes, you know, this is yeah. great. Um, but... The balloons, like they just kept going to them, and I just thought, this is at now, this is not scary. And every time I see a balloon, I'm just like, well, you've just take, taken me out of a scene that was with that guy you mentioned was like the Kevin Bacon type character. Yeah. Um, and you know, you mentioned his name, Jeremy. I don't know the kids' names. Yeah. Um, he plays Ben. Yeah. Now they were having a really intense scene, and this car drives by, and and you know, here's another balloon. Great, scary. Ooh. Um, so that, that I started getting annoyed with the, the balloons. And then I know that uh, I'll say it, it's all about the individual, like what, what fear does Phobias. each person yeah, yeah. have? So yeah. Pennywise is only one part of someone's, yeah. Yeah, right. Phobia, yeah. Um, but even then I just started drifting off every time because, and maybe this is age, I don't know, you guys are, are happy, I guess, to, to see it, you can comment now. But I just started getting bored knowing that they weren't going to get hurt. Do you know what I mean? Knowing like, that they weren't going to get hurt. What do you mean? Well, because each kid had their own individual scary right. moment. Yeah. And that was just, it's just so run of the mill that I knew that it was just a scary moment. It was just going to be some weird... Like, sca- like you know, a nightmare on the street and flatliners. But yeah, but yeah, the- you know what? I, I don't want to argue. <laughs> I, do, I do agree with you to a point, but I don't think it was run of the mill. Yeah, no, no, I. You saw Pennywise... I mean, yeah, sure, he was in the drains and in the darkness, but he was also in the woods in daylight. And that's not often that you see a horror film with, like, an en- he's an entity, basically, yeah. uh, in daylight in the woods. And I thought that was a really good, you know, difference. Oh, oh no, I'll, like, I'll agree. Whenever, whenever I saw Pennywise as Pennywise, I, it doesn't matter where I saw him, every time yeah. he showed himself, I love, like, loved it. Yeah, he was a great character. Look, I mean, and let, let's Loved him. Let, let's be true. The 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 source was written in you know, released in nineteen eighty six. Written between nineteen eighty one and nineteen eighty five. 
you know, it, it's not going over old territory. It's This is the source. This is in the book. All of this stuff is in the book. Pennywise during the day in the woods is in the book. You know, it's all there. Yeah. So yeah. they're just being true to the to the original novel, which I thought was, you know... I oh, know, definitely. They really paid tribute and homage to it, and uh, but they did manage to bring it into, you know, modern horror. But if they're going to look to get over 100 million, as you're yeah. saying, to get into that top 10, because we did a top 10 of horrors before Shane, so we're just looking at if they're going to get over 100 million to get to top 10... You're not banking on people that have read the Stephen, Stephen King novel. You're not. You're so, banking on the red balloon as marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're banking on people who don't care where it came from. They just want a good film. Sure. So this is where I'm coming from. Is okay. like I, I haven't read the book. I, I yeah, Same as you, Shane. Uh, the miniseries was a while ago, and which I, I'm sure I enjoyed when I was younger. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and everyone tells me that I've enjoyed it since, you know what I mean? Because everyone's like, oh, Tim Curry was great. I just don't remember it that well. So what well, I went into this film just wanting a film, nothing, no attachment to anything. So yep. I'm, so. <laughs> well, that's an interesting perspective, you know, because yeah. I don't have that. So yeah. So little things like um, every time they left their bike in the middle of the road, I just thought, <laughs> where do they live? That like cars don't drive down the road and get it angry was, with them. <laughs> it was a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> How many roads did they go down though? Like, and they just. Whenever they decided to get off and chase someone, they would, I'll just dump the bike on the road. It was a battle axe, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's the See, that was just so Goonies. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, another thing, like you were just saying, like, yeah, uh, weren't the adults... I mean, this was happening over a long, long period of time. Uh, this town is known for missing persons. Wouldn't you think <laughs> the adults would try and do something about it? They don't seem to. Like but what's that? I mean, I'm really interested in that part because I wanted to talk about one of my things. I wanted to talk about was the uh, parallels between A Nightmare on Elm Street and it. As I was watching it, I just felt that well, hey, Pennywise is exactly like Freddy Krueger, just bringing he's a nightmare, right? And the a member of the adults in in um, A Nightmare on Elm Street were the reason that the kids, the teenagers, were getting um, haunted by Freddy, right? Yeah. It was not dissimilar to, to it. So then, as I was watching it, I just... And even um, the director paid tribute to A Nightmare on Elm Street in it. If you remember, this isn't giving any spoilers away, guys. But just uh, the camera pans down from a from a bird's eye shot past the cinema and A Nightmare on Elm Street 5 oh, is playing, yeah. right? Yes, So here's a, there's, Yeah, there's two things I want to talk about here. Number one is the timeline that the director chose. So in the book... It's 1958. It's the summer of 1958, right? In the movie, for whatever reason, it's the summer of 1960, so they're close enough. Same era, yeah? In this, it's the summer of 1989, yeah? Sure. Which isn't even 27 years past 1958. Anyway, that's just me being OCD. But, um, yeah, so... uh, (laughs) What was I saying? (laughs) <laughs> As you were saying that, I'm thinking well, you're getting I, lost. I think they, I, you know what? No, I think not. they might have, the, the filmmakers might have decided to change the, the period, the, the years, because of the success, maybe, of Stranger Things. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and bring it into the 80s. I mean, because you, know, you mix the Goonies with Stranger Things, and that was pretty much this coming of age story, right? Yeah. And if you look closely, uh, I think his name was Bill. Like the older brother, because he's, uh, you know, the Georgie was yeah, the yeah, brother. Bill. Star. On his wall, on his bedroom wall, we saw a, a well, I did. I don't know if you spotted it, a Gremlins poster. Yeah, I saw it. And a Beetlejuice poster. Oh, yeah, I didn't nice. see that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So both Warner Brothers, and of course, is <laughs> uh, being released by Warner Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, yeah. So my point there was it was interesting that they just took it into the eighties. But I think you're right, Shane. I think the the Stranger Things is certainly you know uh, very much pop culture at the time at the moment. But the other thing is, so because of the Nightmare on Street uh, parallels, I then looked at I wanted to look at who wrote what first, right? Sure. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, right? So, I'm sure Wes Craven was writing A Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, in uh, 1982, 1983, got it greenlit, started filming, released in 1984, that kind of thing, right? So, Stephen King started writing it in 1981 and released and finished in 1985, just after Nightmare, and released in 1986. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's, it is. Because they're really similar stories. They really are. Yeah. But I never really thought about that until I saw this. Uh... Well, I guess, yeah, because if you think about the way that, um, you know, when they are in their individual moments, if, uh, you know, they've taken out, uh, their focus is taken away from Pennywise and they sort of break out of that moment, very much like if you were woken up from your nightmare. Yeah, and they, yeah, all, yeah. And they all band together at the end to take on Freddy and, you know, and the parents yeah. are all morons and... Um, can I uh, have you ever been uh, Shane? Have you been to America to see uh, and seen like just a um, a film in a you know just a cinema in New York or something like that? No, no preview, just a opening night or something like that. Or I saw Heat on New Year's Day, opening day. Oh yeah, well, Heat back, back in the mid nineties. So Whereabouts? That's always, oh, and you know what? Unfortunately, I also saw Jumanji. Hey, same. nothing wrong with Jumanji. <laughs> I was a child when they came out, so I loved it, and I take offence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I have. Yeah, why, why is that? Um, because uh, every – I've had, you know, multiple experiences over there just through travels and that, and uh, yeah. every time I've been in a cinema that's been packed, people over there love to throw popcorn and yell at the screen. and, and They interact. Be, yeah, yeah, interact yeah. with the movie. Yeah. It's, I've, I've been to lots of films over there where they haven't done that. Yep. But generally on the opening nights or, or where the passionate fans they stand are going. and clap and Yeah, they, carry yeah on. everything. Yeah. They carry on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I actually f- wish that I was in, at an American cinema for this film because this did all the classic things that, you know, the film We Love Scream yeah. uh, made fun of and sort of re- where they kept separating. And I know that they separated so many times in this film that I wanted to stand up with, you know, the 10 people around me and scream out, you know, stop separating! (laughs) (laughs) Why are you running up the stairs? Yeah, exactly. And I know that... I know that if I was in a cinema in the States on this opening night watching a film that everybody would have been going, yeah, what are you doing? And it would have been just this big sort of communal love fest for this film because I don't hate the fact that they're separating. It's a movie. Yeah. And they do this in, go in with horror. It. Yeah, just, go with just it. Just go with it. But I wanted to enjoy that fact with other people going, ha ha, they're running away from each other. They're going to die, idiots. <laughs> you know, that sort of <laughs> feedback. So that, that was one thing. The other thing, and, and it's... Uh, it's my second last point, but chapter one. Yes. That came up at the end. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that because I had I was at a screening where people kind of audibly not um, were disappointed with the chapter one at the end. When I come up at chapter one at the end, I heard some grunts and ooh, oh. I guess, right? Um, but, I mean, this is – I always, when I saw the trailer for the first time – I said to myself, where are the adults? This has to be chapter one only, part one. Uh-huh. Why aren't they advertising it as part one? 
and they haven't no. because I guess it can be a standalone, right? Yeah, no, they, as a, a film critic, I can tell you that I knew it was a chapter one and, and it was uh, there was a reason that they actually didn't advertise it and they didn't put it on the screen until the very end. This, this is no spoiler or anything, but, you know, it was a four, it's a four, I think they've already filmed the, the chapter two, or pretty much. I don't think they three. have Shane. I, I don't think yeah. they have because I think they're still casting the adults. So okay. it's in it's in two parts. It's, the novel is in two parts. The first part was well, it's intermixed within the novel, but the first part is them as uh, in nineteen fifty eight, and the second part is twenty seven years when they're adults, when they're in their forties. Uh, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I always knew it was going to be a second part to it. So they haven't cast their adult counterparts yet. I know that for a fact because they're all having fun with oh, who would be the best who would adult. Be who? Yeah. All yeah. right then. Well, uh, they're just. I think the the producers and the filmmakers are just playing games then because they weren't. They didn't want to announce it, and I think that's a really good move that they didn't. It's surprising people, and it'll get people all psyched up for the next part. Yeah. Look, I, I didn't have any complaints with it. I just, I as I said, I haven't seen everything for a long time, and I haven't read a whole lot about it. Yeah. Um, Shane, I like to generally go into films not knowing a whole lot about them. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah. So you know, I consider. I mean, you're a f- you're a film critic, so you're probably fed a lot of information as well. So it's harder for you to try and dodge what you need to dodge. Yeah, um, it's very hard. <laughs> and I'm the I'm same as well. Fist of it, but it is very hard sometimes. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, whereas you know, uh, I can I can dodge things you know fairly easily, uh, which yeah. is good. Um, so yeah, so I went into this and didn't realize. So when it came up, yeah, there's certainly no complaints. I just thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. I could I could see another one of these. I couldn't do another half hour like like you were suggesting, but I could definitely do another film. I don't know. That's weird, but yeah, no, that's not weird. I I mean I I understand the uh, there were so many characters that were in it, and they did a really good job of fleshing out their different individual personalities but I just maybe wanted that little bit more especially I think Beverly uh, her situation which um, won't, we won't talk about is kind of controversial for her age yeah, and I, yeah very. I, I don't know how dark it went in the book but it goes pretty dark in the movie and I wasn't expecting that either so yeah. you know it's a bit of controversy I don't, I don't know what you mean <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, we well, should. And, and she also, she, they made a reference to it, but she looks a lot like Molly Ringwald. Oh yeah, well. doesn't she? What a great call! Huh? When, when they said that, I, oh, yeah, I was inside up. cheering. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I I love the coming of age story uh, part of the story so much that yeah, I was happy to see more of that. And um, you lost a little bit of that in the last act uh, until the very last scene, really. But um, I was happy to watch that part of the movie as, as much as I'm willing to give. It was, it was very Stand By Me, very Goonies, as we've talked about, Stranger Things. Um, yeah, so it was... Uh, now, what, what we do here, Shane, is um, just before you got on, we are talking about our, our rating system. And we rate movies a little bit differently uh, on this pod. So we, we don't really give it five stars, four stars or anything like that. Uh, we feel that every movie or TV kind of has a place. But it depends on, you know, maybe uh, urgency or uh, where you want to watch it kind of thing, right? So quickly, our rating system is um, uh, watch it at the cinema, which means you've got to watch it straight away on the big screen. So that obviously is giving it uh, uh, props and compliments all around. 
Um, our second tier would be home entertainment. So maybe just wait for three months and watch it on Blu-ray or, or rent it uh, on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. Our, our third tier is a digital subscription. So a cheaper way of uh, watching content where it's all you can eat. So it could be Netflix or Hulu or um, Stan in Australia. Uh, our next tier is in transit. So, you you know, we're saying that you've, you've got all this time to yourself on a plane or on a train or maybe you're commuting on a bus and you just temporarily download one of these. So that is also a tier where you can recommend to watch it. Uh, the next tier would be free to wear. So you're willing to watch it with, you know, commercial breaks and <laughs> late Jesus night. Christ, you're getting yeah well that's that, is that your interpretation okay yeah but everything has its place and then okay. the next and then the, I, I didn't say down but the next tier is simply don't watch it go, <laughs> go out of your way to don't watch right so it is kind of like a a five-star review but yeah we're, yeah we're just making it our own and everything has a place so uh, jason what do you uh what do you give this film so i give uh stephen king's it's uh, rush out and see it at the cinema tomorrow. Big screen, you'll love it. Okay. Uh, Shane, do you think you're ready to adapt to that system? <laughs> <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, I say uh, run. Don't walk uh, to the cinema and at all costs. It's beautifully filmed in widescreen and it's got a great soundtrack and it looks good. I totally recommend seeing it on the big screen at the cinema. Sean, what about you? Uh, so I'm going to do something slightly controversial. Ooh. And I'm just going to say that um, uh, films of it and uh, people under 25 go and see this film at the cinema and everybody else can grab it on Blu-ray for home entertainment. Okay. That, that's a fair call, but what did you think? Uh I loved every scene with Pennywise, and I could I could chop those up and watch them all at the cinema about five more times. How good was uh, <laughs> How good was uh, Skarsgård? He was just great. I just loved everything yeah. that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big shoes to fill too. You know, even the way that he pronounced pronounced his words, mm. uh, especially in that opening scene. Oh, he he was great at articulating what he had to say, Pennywise. Uh, that actor talked with his eyes as well oh yeah oh, yeah it was, so good it was great and how and would the go, sorry with my rating system too if you're afraid of clowns maybe i do recommend watching it on blu-ray during the day but <laughs> <laughs> there, you, there you have it guys so uh shane the uh, movie analyst has said listen you can watch it on blu-ray as well during the day if you have a phobia of clowns which is what's that phobia called <laughs> clown phobia <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. It's been amazing uh, having you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can we have? Can we call you up? Maybe you know once a fortnight, or you know, on a semi-regular basis. Are you okay with that? Abs- absolute pleasure, guys. This is. I wish I could have joined you sooner. So tonight has been fantastic and a privilege. Thank you for having me, and of course, I would love to join you both again. Amazing. Can I? Can I ask very quickly? Uh, where can um, our listeners uh, find you? Okay, so on Instagram and Twitter, my handle is movieanalyst. So that's at movie underscore analyst. I write for the Newcastle Herald, Central Coast Express, and I'm on a on a few radio stations around the country. But best best place to get me is on Twitter or Instagram, and I keep it all movie related. 
Amazing. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Shane, and uh, we'll we'll see you uh, yeah in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All mate. Thanks, mate. See, see you, Shane. Well, there you go. That was good. Hey, very interesting. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Very knowledgeable and uh, obviously feeds into the industry. Yeah, um, he knows his stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely. He loves his back catalogue as well. We we spend hours talking about, <laughs> about stuff. Box office prediction. Did I say it too loud? Box, box office prediction. Maybe a little bit too loud. Box office prediction. You're peaking. You're coming in hot. Yeah, He's coming yeah, yeah. in hot. I was really excited by it because this is a segment that is uh, uh, me not me not so much. Yeah, yeah it's not, not so much about me because uh, you, my friend, again have the expertise in predicting box office. And the reason why uh, I'm excited by this is not because you have to do most of the heavy lifting here. Well, I think I do. But anyway. oh no, no, you do. But yeah. I'm saying it's not why I'm excited. Right. Because here. It's a bit of a competition. You're holding me accountable? I'm going to hold you accountable for this because, you know, no one out there wants to listen to somebody say, yeah, this film's going to make, you know, $8 million because this film did $80 million in America and, uh, and that's it. That's, you know, that's pretty boring. <laughs> Is that your best invitation of me? <laughs> oh, do you want me to do an invitation to you? No, uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there after eight, about eight beers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that you are, you know, at, uh, for most part, fairly spot on with um, your predictions. You know, I give you a little bit of leeway here or there. Cause, you I know, enjoy it. I enjoy the analysis of uh, box office. I've always tracked them. Yeah. For, since I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have a passion for it and I'm in the industry and I'd like to think I can get fairly close on... Sure, Some but if you're not held accountable, <laughs> then uh, you know. What's in the, the end, fun? for me, what's yeah, what's the fun? Yeah. What's the point? What's the fun of even um, listening? So uh, now the fun point for me is that I'm not going to say that you know it needs to be ten percent either side and you know whatever. It's it's whatever I'm happy with. Okay. So uh, you know if so there's my a logic film, has to kind of be sound or uh, yeah, rationale has to be you know. On Look, the, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. You know. I'm not disingenuous. I'm, I'm going to go with logic on this, and right. it's my logic. Uh, uh, see, so that, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem right there, folks. It is a little bit of a problem for you. Yeah. Uh, but look, in the end, if I feel that you know you've um, come close enough, or you know, spot on, great, but close enough, then uh, you're allowed to live, and you get. Well, my justification is so boring that you just. Let it through. Let it through. If I, yeah. if I go to sleep, I don't even know what's going on, right? So, uh, but so I'll, I'll give you a point, okay? It's just okay. a point. Right. And if I feel that you've fallen outside of this, and I'll explain each time we go into this segment um, my reasoning, much yep. like a judge giving their yep. summary judgment, I will let you know why I believe you haven't hit the nail on the head. Uh, and if that happens, then I get a point. Right. And by Christmas, uh, we will tally up what we have. And if I win, then I'm going to make you do something uh, for a day. Not Move that this it. is a competition. Uh, of course <laughs> not. Of course not. Uh, the things I have in store for you for that day, not a competition. Well, hang on. But if I win? Yeah. If you win, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let you buy me a whiskey. What? But you make the end decision anyway. That's not fair. <laughs> That's true. How well, is this fair? <laughs> it's not fair. That's kind of the point. It's why I was excited at the beginning. <laughs> um, so the pressure's on you to be really quite um, accurate. But look, today, 
We are looking at a film that we just gave a review uh, in our Movies of the Movies, which is Stephen King's It, 2017. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that, that's easy. Well, easy as far as we've already talked the hell out of the film. So yeah. we'll just get straight into the uh, box office. Yeah? yeah, give it to me. What's going to happen? Okay. Well, look, we, we talk US, domestic and Australia. Is that what you want to look at? Or? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you feel that worldwide is going to help you in, at some point, then you can bring Global? it in. Global, yeah. Okay. But uh, I really feel that... Maybe um, not a franchise, but yeah, probably yeah. not. Otherwise, let's uh, stick to US and, and Australia for okay. now. Well, traditionally, uh, US over-indexes in the horror genre. Okay. Yeah. So let's say if a horror... What does that mean? Well, let's say if a horror did $100 million in the US, yeah. it probably won't... Uh, normally, Australia is about 10%. So it probably won't do... 10 million, it might do 8 million, and therefore, in, so uh, Americans love their scary, love, their love blood yeah. and gore, yeah, love it. Oh, look at Halloween, right? Yeah, that event is uh, you know, massive. So, yeah, um, so the horror genre is always a little bit tricky to begin with. So, thank you for giving me a, a hard one straight up. No, that's fine. Uh, anything that helps me. <laughs> so, let's have a quick look at it. Uh, Warner Brothers, uh, as we talked about earlier, um, oh, hello. <laughs> He's trying to put me off with opening beers <laughs> as well. Warner Brothers have massive expectations on this and it's interesting because the last two weeks of the box office have been the slowest uh, weeks. In, well, last week was the slowest week in 10 years and the week before was the slowest week in 15 years. So people are ready for something. And the marketing on this film has been exceptional. This the slowest thing. Is this like uh, when someone's about to play a game of basketball with you and they start bringing out the excuses as to why they may not succeed? These aren't excuses. Oh, I'm talking uh, you know, the folks through I, I my... I kind of pulled my hammy last week. And... <laughs> this is rationale, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So just let me talk. <laughs> you, you just enjoy your beer there in the background. All right. And I'm going listeners... to lean back and I'm, I'm going to lean back in my seat. All right. And the listeners can choose whether they want to fall asleep or not, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Warner Brothers have big uh, expectations. And what's interesting is that the last couple of weeks has been soft at the box office. So, I think that actually helps their campaign. I think people are hanging to go to the movies and watch something decent. And I think uh, with strong uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviews, strong uh, Metacritic reviews, strong word of mouth, massive campaign, a very strong campaign, I think that they'll actually succeed. So uh, I, I know that Warner are hoping conservatively for about $60 million opening weekend on this film. Uh, now, normally you would probably, you know, double to 2.5 times that to get to the end result. So if it was 60, it might be $150 million in the end. But it would need a little bit of legs, you know, good word of mouth and legs to carry to 150, right? Um, so look, I think... Um, I'm actually going to go with... I've seen the film. We've talked about it. I loved it. I think it's going to be a good, strong word of mouth. Uh, I think um, people are craving for this. Uh, and it, it hits two markets. It hits young, horror, demo, which have that quick first weekend, which does, you know, 30, 40, 50 million, and then it dies. But it also has a second market, which is you and I, who, you know, may have seen the original TV movie or sure. read the book, and they want to go see it as you well. You see, I think you just fed into my review, into my... Um you just, you know, I said young ones should go to the cinema. People who have an interest in this particular film, they should go. Yes. That's exactly what you said. 
Yeah, so um, well, thank you for letting me know that so that I can use that in my box office prediction. No, that's fine. I just wanted to, you know... <laughs> you just want to take fine. credit for it. See, you're already taking credit for it. Of course. Anything yeah. good that happens is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, like, seriously, folks, I think um, I'm happy for you to put me down for um, 155 in the US, $155 million US domestic gross for Stephen King's It!, Okay. And I'm going to go for a little bit under the 10% in Australia. So normally that would obviously be 15.5 million. Mm-hmm. So I just lower that a little bit um, for the whole thing that we talked about earlier. Uh, although this has that coming of age element, it still is a horror film. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to go with a 13, around the 13 million in Australia. All right. I'm writing that down. Great. It's uh, going in my top pocket. Now remember earlier too, guys. If it did 155 million in the US, yeah, that would put it at the number three R-rated horror film of all time. Uh, R-rated is in US R-rated. Uh, the number yeah, three horror yeah. film of all time. If it did 155, it's quite incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, the, so the, I'm really there's a whole discussion about why that would happen, and in in today's day and age, I mean, yeah, the the, the way that they ha- they can market. Is a whole like Facebook. I've noticed that they've they take up two slots in your. Or sorry, they have a Facebook um, post, yeah, and they split it to look like it's two spots. Two, but then they and then they have take the, over, yeah, yeah the, a takeover, yeah, the balloon, yeah, floating up and whatever. Yeah, um, we we is that what's called takeover? Is that the well, official it could be a name? Word for it. it could be a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Sydney last week, they had uh, Warner Warner Brothers had. Uh, red balloons tied to the the road crates. Yeah, yeah, drains. Um, drains all yeah. the way through the city. Just so easy, right? But yeah. so effective. You know? So effective. So yeah. I think people are, are really hanging for it, and the strong word of mouth means it will have a, uh, some legs. It won't be here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there you go. There, there are my numbers, guys. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, I don't really come like back. this because I don't know what I'll be doing in Christmas. You know, <laughs> we're going to come back to this in a couple of weeks uh, to revisit the uh, the period that we have uh, for the prediction. Um, I think we uh, agreed on earlier. Was it going to be a week or two weeks after uh, the period that we're guessing? That I'm going to hold you the- to. It'll what be the end of the theatrical period. So that could be – that varies. It could be four okay. weeks. It could be six weeks. All right, so end of the theatrical period. All but right. we can track it each week if we want and sure. we'll know exactly how it's how it's heading. You know, I like that idea. Yeah, let's weeks. track it each week Yeah, until it finishes. Yeah. Okay, good. Stephen King's It. Box office predicted. Now we're going to move on to our last segment of the night, which is going to be Two Drunk Guys – and a bucket. Two drunk guys in a bucket. Uh, don't look it up on the internet. Is that what you were saying to me yeah. before? <laughs> don't Google that, guys. But it is a new segment. And uh, so how's this work? Uh, so basically what we do is we have a bucket. Right. And we have two Com- drunk guys. Complex. So we're both drunk now. So Yeah. Uh, and and we, we have a bucket. Yeah, we have a bucket. And we're in that bucket. We have a load of random words that people have fed to us yep. um, saying that they would like to hear us 
go uh, off topic. Yeah. And any new listeners are welcome to email Twitter some words or yeah, definitely. And, sentences uh, or whatever we can put in the bucket. Yeah. Uh, they can definitely do that, and I'll put that at the end of this show. You will hear all of the um, the the Twitters and the emails and the Facebooks and Instagrams, um, and you can write to us and you can let us know what words you would like us to link to film or entertainment in any way. Um, so generally, how this works is we'll pick a, a, a word out, and Jason and I will take this back into our nostalgia. Take it off road. Yeah. Yeah, no one. Yeah, who knows where we'll go? I, I don't. No uh, one knows. No. Yeah, that's the whole point. You know, yeah. is hopefully you at home can uh, you know follow along the ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. This is our first one, right? So let's have a crack. Okay. So I've got my bucket. Let's uh, pick something out. What have I got? What have I got? What have I got? What's the word? You ready for this? I think you're gonna like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Give it to me. Soap. Soap. What's the first thing that comes to your head? Go. Oh, Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what came to my head as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a word. Honestly, that is the most amazing thing. Guys, soap. Okay. Fight Club. Why? Why soap? Because <laughs> you can create bombs with it. Sure. But do you remember how oh. they get the soap? Uh, that was... Uh, Fat, was that? Yeah, yeah. They'll get it, they'll suck in the fat out of yeah. like people and whatever and turning yeah, it into lipo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god, Fight Club. Have you, you seen t- Fight Club lately or well, no, but uh, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm ready to see it, but I need no one to be around. Okay, why is that? I just don't want to be interrupted. Okay, yeah, I, I get that completely. Ever. Like I want no chance that someone's going to interrupt me. Like, I put my phone away, but there's so many people running around my place that it's just there's always a chance that someone's going to interrupt. And and I want it to be on the best quality screen I can get. So I want, you know, I've got my um, DVD from the States when I first bought it. Oh, yeah, like a special David Fincher cardboard. He jacked off into the yeah. cover. <laughs> Five hours worth <laughs> of shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even now I want the Blu-ray. Yeah, I've got the Blu-ray, um, but I've got a story before that, though. So mm. um, we actually saw this movie together at the cinemas. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember and, that. And yeah. uh, I think it was actually your second time, yeah? Because mm-hmm. you came out of the movie yeah. and mm-hmm. come over to me and said, Jason, I'm taking you to a film yeah. and you're coming with me whether you like it or not. I think we've discussed this very quickly, like how much I, I, I like Brad Pitt. You know, I, I, ever, I mean, obviously yeah, that's a lot come of up, people... that's come up tonight already. That's come yeah, up yeah. tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so what dragged me to this film, I think it might have been... Because it's been a long time. So it might have been Fincher off seven. Yeah. Because that was great. But it might have been Fincher and Brad Pitt off seven. Or it could have been just Brad Pitt alone. <laughs> but Ed Norton was in it. Yes. And he was becoming a little fave of mine at the time as well. Yeah. So I think maybe just all of those... Yeah. Said, you got to go see it for the first time. Yeah, he was he was he was hot off uh, Primal Fear with Richard Gere. Yes, yeah. VHS video store. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, Sean, Sean basically dragged me to this film, going, "You must watch this." I actually didn't know a hell of a lot about it, to be honest. 
um, except for the trailer. Which is hard to think these days I because know, people right? maybe hear about Fight Club and it's like, oh man, Fight Club. Yeah. Everyone knows, you know, the first rule of Fight Club, right? Yeah, Everyone know. knows that now. Even yeah. if you haven't seen it, even if you were born 18 years ago and you were like zero at the time it came out. Yeah. So, we, uh, yeah, do you remember what movie we, uh, cinema we watched today or? No, I actually don't, no. Yeah, not, not a why. I, I do remember the visually, but I can't quite remember where. But anyway, so we watched this film. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. And and <laughs> I walked out going, well, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like so excited. You were like, uh, oh, my God, that was the second time I'm saying it. Was, oh, my God. I was just walking out like singing, where is my mind? Where is my mind? Yes, destroy all banks, credit cards and everything. <laughs> So then um, I showed my father, actually. Uh, it was probably a couple of months later. It was actually when it came out on DVD. Or, yeah, DVD, VHS, stroke VHS. Um, yeah, so it's 1999. And I sat down with my dad and we're watching it and about 30 minutes into the film, I remember clearly standing up in front of the lounge room, pausing the film, so obviously it was maybe DVD, Pausing the film, standing up in front of the lounge and going, "Oh my god, this is the best film I've ever seen ever." Yeah, and he's like, "It was his first time," so he's going through what I went through three months ago, going, "What?" <laughs> yeah, true story, man. And and then the third time I watched it, I'm like, it just cemented the fact that this film was the greatest film I've ever seen. Yeah, it just did so much, and and uh, obviously with you know the fact that it played a little mind game with um, Tyler Durden. The whole time, you yeah. know, who is Tyler Durden Great and all twist. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So layered. Yeah, so but, layered. So much. Sorry. But you watch no, no, but you watch it back the second time, and you you're like, yeah, I can see why I didn't get it. Like it just they yeah. did so well. Whereas you watch The Sixth Sense back a second time, and for anyone who hasn't seen The Sixth Sense, watch it. Um, <laughs> but there's a twist, and I'm going to ruin it for you right this second. But you go back and you look at Bruce Willis, and you're like. How the fuck did I not see this the first time? I yeah. and, and if you're sitting there saying, oh, how did you not see it the first time? You didn't see it within the first week of its release, original release. Yeah. And if you didn't see it within the first week of the original release, shut up, okay? Well, M. Night <laughs> actually tricked you. He tricked us. And it was, you know, the way he did that was so clever. So yeah. the second time you're watching, you're like, how obvious is this, right? Yeah. And he tells you within, like a lot of his movies, he tells you the answer within the first scene in the film. But you're just not paying attention, no. you know, uh, where he, he's directing, he's making you look somewhere else, you know. It's a magician. right there like, in front of you, yeah, yeah. He does it well. Um, yeah, so yeah, Fight Club was just amazing. Having said that, I showed my daughter this film 18 months ago. Mm. Which was older or younger? Uh, older. Okay. And I showed her this film. I was so excited to show her because it was still my number. Was At the time I showed her, it was my number two film of all time. Yeah. Slipped from number one to number two, right? Mm. What's it, what happened with number one? Well, that was, that's, surely that's another podcast. But I just, uh, still, oh, Kill Bill became okay, number fine. one. Kill Bill yeah. Volume 1 and 2 as one film became uh, number one. <laughs> that, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I showed her and um, she, you know, like anyone on the first watch of Fight Club, was like, what? Um, but I found that it had actually aged a little bit. Yeah, okay. It was, uh, and it was, uh, I think, you know, that it was all, it had such a statement about, you know, um, 
commercialism and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I, I just felt like we'd moved on from that side of it a little bit. The whole Fight Club th- scene had not changed. That hadn't aged. That was fine. Yeah, you know, the message. Great. The message and, and what that was that, all about. Do you think that maybe it made such an impact uh, you know, on our sort of social conscious that, you know, the people growing up with it then set the the scene for younger people coming through that have grown yeah. up in a post fight club world. Very, very possible. I you think, think it was that's that influential. Kind of what it's about, right? Yeah. I mean it wasn't the only film that was looking at things like that sure. at the time, but um it was certainly one of the bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um yeah, Fight Club certainly comes to mind. <laughs> well I have a soap story actually. Yeah. So when uh, the movie came out, oh, yeah, yeah. we were in the industry. Uh, I'm just I wondering received, where you're going with this soap story. Well, I received a Fight Club soap memorabilia. <laughs> pink, had Fight Club carved into the soap. Oh, I, I got one of those as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's because we're in the industry, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had it in my memorabilia cabinet forever. It was like almost one of my favorite things because it was one of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It was a bit of a showpiece, you know. I had it for years and years and years. And then one day, uh, probably about, I don't know, maybe uh, 10 years ago now, one of my my nephews came over and um, he he was on the memorabilia shelf and he picked it up and he started fingering the soap and smearing the whole Fight Club embossed lettering into the soap, right? What? And then they left and then I went over to my memorabilia cabinet and I saw that the soap had been smeared and you could no longer recognise Fight Club. And I I think I cried. Uh, Look, I'm crying now. I've been to your house several times and you have most things behind guarded cabinets. Well, at that time I I didn't (laughs) and now I do. (laughs) Because of that moment. So thank you, nephew. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> if he's listening, fuck you. Oh, I can't believe that because mine got, uh, I think, just a little bit too much. Yeah, baby. Another beer. Um, mine got uh, too much sunlight, so it bubbled. Right. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I tried to be careful with it, but, you know, you have it so many years that eventually yeah. you do something silly with it. I, th- I think you can buy them online on eBay for $2.70 or something. Yeah, well, I don't want to buy it. Maybe, maybe we should go out and uh, make our own, like in a little bit of sort of a shout out to Fight Club. Oh, I got a little bit of fat we can trim off my belly. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. We, no, no, actually, Is that if I lose my box office prediction oh, shit? Oh, you know you're giving me ideas that you really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> On Christmas, you're going to give me a bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> made from your oh. blubber oh. <laughs> or can we go Robin Williams here and from your flubber no that doesn't work oh. hey another movie <laughs> came to mind with uh, soap okay it was a movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr nothing James Robert Downey probably a little bit too old for you maybe it was uh, 1991 um, how dare you? Okay, yeah. Well, no, I mean, the fact that, you know, how old were you in 1991? I was about 13, 14. Oh, okay. All right. 13, 12, somewhere in there. All right, well, you'll know this then. So the movies are Soap Dish. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it. <laughs> Sally Phil, <laughs> Kevin Klein, Robert Downey, Elizabeth Shue, hey, Whoopi Goldberg. Kevin Klein? Terry Hatcher, yeah. <laughs> I, this is the next film I'm it's watching. It's star cast. Anyway, I'm writing it down. Yeah, uh, soap dish. I love Kevin Klein. 
Yeah, write it down. It was uh, it's a rom com. Um, I think I think RDJ was heavily involved in drugs at the time. Yeah, what do you know? Yep, all yeah. that. Unfortunately for him, although fortunately for him, I mean, it's worked well for him now. Yeah, he's getting paid the big bucks. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, what comes to mind for me is, do you remember a film called Perfume? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I was talking about some, uh, someone the other day because they just said to me that they got back from um, France where they'd been on a course to learn about all the different perfumes and how to make a perfume and, and how many years it takes and, you know, all those bits and pieces that goes along with it. So I discussed that film with them and they hadn't seen it. And I'm like, oh, you know, if you, you know, enjoy understanding and learning about making perfume, you've got to see this film because... It's just about the, the passion of this one guy trying to find the ultimate scent. Scent, yeah. It's such a strange film, but it's really good. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. felt I struggled through the whole film, yet loved the whole film. It was just this weird line that I kept yeah. teetering either side of. Yes, yeah, I'm um, with you. And then once it finished, I just thought... It was almost like a car brilliant. crash for me. Like, I couldn't not watch it. It was very strange. Um for those at home, it's, it's 2006. It's actually called Perfume, the Story of a Murderer. Um, and it's starring uh, Ben Wishaw. Wishaw, yeah. He hasn't done too much. Is it a story of a murderer, is it? Yeah. I just, you know... Uh, Dustin Hoffman, wasn't it? Alan, yeah, if you Alan haven't seen Rickman. it, I'm sorry, oh. but you need to go out and um, and see it. <laughs> but you haven't said that. It's, um, it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. Yeah. And there's yeah. high sexual content as well. So yeah, well, but that's that's what it's about. It's about the human body and yeah. the the natural pheromones that attract you uh, from male well, from anyone. Yeah, I was going to say male to female, but no, it's not that. It just attracts you to anyone, male to male, female yeah. to female, whatever yeah. it is. Um, you could almost say this movie is a hidden gem. Like it wasn't a massive release at the time. No. I think it was. It did go theatrical, but very small. And yeah. then it was even a small home end release. So I'd look for this film, but just know that it's strange, sexual, but really quite captivating. I think it's probably the best. Yeah, word, I yeah. think that's the. Uh, it's you're not rushing yeah. out to do it, but if you get a chance and you're looking for something uh, that you can put your teeth around. This is what you want to do. Um, now, you mentioned Kevin Klein before because <laughs> I have been a, a very big... <laughs> I knew you'd go back to that. Oh, yeah. Kevin Klein fan. I just think, you know, you've got, you've got all Did these you people... Did you love him in Beauty and the Beast? Uh, fine. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll accept him in that. Oh, that's pretty harsh. He's the, the candlestick or something, isn't he? No, no, no. He was the, the dad to Belle. Belle's oh, that's father. right. See, I've forgotten about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whatever character. It is a bit, but... I enjoyed the movie, but it's a whatever character. Um, it's it's no official called Wanda. Yeah, that is one you of know. my favourite Kevin Klein films, yeah. bar none, yeah. It's such a great film. And, you know, I'm not going to go on that because obviously that's one of his uh, big films, which is great. Um, but then he did Fierce Creatures to back that up. Yeah, which was a little bit of a miss for me. You okay. like that? Yeah, no, I did. I really did because I, I think I was more in because that was ninety seven. So I was more in the world of fierce creatures than I was fish called Wanda. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Uh, as I said, nineties is my. Yep. Especially sense. mid to late nineties. Yeah. 
So I went there and I went back. But then he had like a road of like three or four films that just smashed it out of the park for me. From an acting point of view or box, Yeah, both box box. acting point of view and the types of films that he was in. The first one is The Ice Storm. Love the film. Right? Ang Lee. I spoke about Ang Lee, the yeah. reason why I wanted to go and watch. Yeah, because um, of this film. Because of this film. Yeah. Yeah. And Christina Ricci, uh, Ricci in it. Yeah. She was just amazing. Like the whole film. The whole itself, cast was I great. didn't understand like at the time. So Gordy Weaver in that film? Yeah, she's in that, yeah. yeah. So in 97, I was, uh, you know, 18. Around right. then. Yeah. And I didn't really understand what swinging was and things like that. Like those sort of concepts of sexual attraction and, and sharing of whatever. Right. So I, I didn't really I think I was swinging at the time, but anyway. Oh, right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really get what the ice storm was about on its on top the surface. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I loved about it was it was this um, real character drama. And. I, I don't know. I, it was the first film I saw that was a, a real drama. That, an adult drama. An adult drama yeah, yeah, yeah. that I I think I was on Christina's story path. You know, yeah. I, I, I was with there with her whilst I, I was about to say I was on crystal meth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called the ice storm. Yeah. Um, it's uh, no, but uh, I just. And for me, like I, I thought that was a brilliant film, and I I loved In and Out. Now that was a very commercial film, and it was very successful. Yeah. But I thought he was fantastic in that. He was so good. And so that that was the other film I was going to yeah. say, yeah, because th- there weren't many people uh, approaching that sort of subject matter at the time. No, not at all. Where, where are we? Nineteen ninety seven. Still ninety seven. Yeah. That's many. So he's got Fierce Creatures, Ice Storm, and In and Out in ninety seven. You know, that's a good year. That's well, a good that year. It's such a good year that they give him the biggest budget film two years later. Yeah, but that's always the way, right? Right, yeah. always the way. You unfortunately just... fall into the trap. Yeah. Well, it's a paycheck, right? Sure. You, you uh, go yeah. from, he was probably getting paid, you know, back then probably, I don't know, $500,000 a film or whatever it yeah. might be. And then they would have said, hey, listen, we have a uh, big budget vehicle uh, called Wild Wild West with Will Smith. And we're going to give it's you... a really catchy song. $5.6 million. Wild Wild West. Yeah. Um, it became the uh, biggest, for those who weren't watching movies in 1999, it became the biggest turkey of that year, and which was a great year in film. You had The Matrix, you had The Fight Club. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Wonderful. You had Star Wars Episode One. was everything, well... Not no, the best, actually, that was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was a big event. I went to opening night. I yeah. remember that, trying to get out of the car park yeah. of the cinema I was at, and everyone was out with all the lightsabers they bought that day. Yeah. And while all of the drivers, you know, some of your friends was had to wait in the queue, everyone else was out lightsabering. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was a very good community. And and this is not coming from, like, I'm not a massive Star Wars geek or a Star Star Trek geek or anything like that. I just enjoy um, the sort of spectacle of these things. Yeah, event and films. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah and, I, and I love going to opening nights of that because I like the passion yeah. of these things. Um, and I don't want to go through all of Kevin Klein's history, but the last thing I'm going to mention is well, something that... I want to go straight from Star Wars and then can you go back to yours? Do you mind? Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. 
So from Star Wars... <laughs> Did you hear the disappointment in that? Hey? Did you hear my disappointment Yeah, that? yeah. Okay, okay. That was flat as a tack. Uh, so obviously uh, Star Wars had Hayden Christensen, right? You guys still made... Oh, know. are you doing the same thing? Life as a house. Yeah, how good's that film? Well, we're on the same page. I know, but I wanted it's, to like take it there. I want to take it there. You know, it was, no, it was a sentimental it. moment for me, and I didn't want to link him to Star Wars because oh. it takes away <laughs> any sort of credibility. Because it's the only good film that Hayden's ever done. No, although they added it in later, but still. Life as a house is actually, yeah, you're right, where Hayden Christensen mm. is very, very good. It's a, It's a... Uh, Even I don't, don't, say it's an, I don't want to say it's an underrated film Because I don't think it's underrated Anyone that's ever seen it has Knows, said to me it's it, it's great, yeah. right? It's just a film that It was, I think, what almost straight to DVD Not I too mean, far off, yeah. yeah I mean, it came out in the same year as um, I Am Sam I remember these two films Were the two films that were like the Tearjerker dramas of the year, you know I am Sam and Life is a House. Can I tell you just very quickly, Erin Winkler, right, who directed this film. Can I tell you what he's produced? Just three films. Just three films. That's all I'm going to do. Are you ready? Go. I know what they are because I'm looking at it. Four films. Okay, go. Raging Bull. Oh. Yes. Rocky. Yes. Goodfellas. Yes. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, someone has a heart on with Scorsese. I know, right? <laughs> uh, those are films I, that changed my life. Oh, same, same, same. Oh. Can I tell you that Wolf of Wall Street has uh, slipped into my top ten films of all time? All right. Well, I mean, I, I, we can't go into it now, but I think maybe on episode two we're going to have to look at uh, our top means. ten. Because yeah. people need to understand who we Where are. Where our heads are. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, I haven't updated my top ten for about six years. Right. I know you do it every year, religiously. People yeah. people await your top so ten. Life as a house is still in your top ten. Or <laughs> 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 no film has come out since Life uh. as a House, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, all right. Um, yeah, I know. I think I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think we've wrapped up soap. There's no anagrams that we can use that we can flesh out a little bit more? Nah. I'm going to move on. All right. Good. Opus? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Why? That's not really a... Well, it's it's yeah. you. There's a you I'm missing there. a letter there. But yeah, I'm just trying to flesh it out, man. That's <laughs> you're reaching, man. You're reaching. <laughs> and you're going with a, uh, a movie guarantee. And I don't want to go with movie guarantees. Right. If you're not sure what we're yeah. referring to here, basically uh, uh, the first one of the first major jobs I ever held was in a video store, the number one um, video chain in a, in Australia, Video Easy. They ended up buying Blockbuster, in fact, just in case for all those USA listeners. Uh, so they were, they were huge over here, and uh, Jason was a manager of a store and um, and was pressured into hired, hiring me <laughs> although he won't he won't say under, that under duress under duress yeah, yeah. um and uh, what i remember there then i is, tried to get rid of, rid of him for about 18 months yeah and he wouldn't go you, you can't you can't get rid of me i'm yeah i'm that good uh <laughs> and uh Anyway, did you get rid, try and get rid of me? Was <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I just hit the bone. I just hit the bone. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, so this particular fr- uh, franchise had... Uh, a franchise? Chain. Chain? Franchise. Is that what called? No, but not franchise. Like, what, what do you call... Say video easy. 
Video Easy, uh, who was number one, number one um, brand. Brand. Oh my God! Thank you. I was str- I was actually drowning there. <laughs> <laughs> I got you at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Thank Intentionally, you. Intentionally, I had one finger on the. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So, uh, Video Easy had number one brand. Um, and they had the most stores and all this stuff. And as I said, bought Blockbuster. So they had the movie guarantee where they would buy so many of uh, one particular film per month that uh, that film, if you could not get it, you would get it for free the next time that you came in or reserved it or yeah. whatnot. Movie they guarantee. guaranteed the, quant- uh, the copy debt. Yeah. yeah. They came in with loads of these things, if you remember. So one of those was Mr. Holland's Opus. And... <laughs> Well, I think something you'll learn about me over time is that I don't like to go with trends. Uh, so I can almost say that with any movie guarantee that was ever released, I'd never seen them. What? Yeah, never seen Mr. Holland's Opus because of the movie guarantee. What about uh, dating with the enemy? Yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, <laughs> dating Claudio, with the enemy. Claudio Carvan. Carvan, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, no. Guy Pierce. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have seen that anyway. Sniper. You've seen Sniper. Uh, We're talking early guarantees. That's before my time. Yeah. We're talking very. Uh, early. I mean, I've seen Sniper. Yes, but it wasn't a guarantee when I saw it. It was just a good film. Right. <laughs> Tom Berenger. Anyway, off topic. No one knows what the hell we're talking uh, about. Uh, yeah, we're finishing up. Oh, we're finishing up. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> what? Well, uh, I was going to say thanks. <laughs> Yeah, done. Get out of here. Am I saying thank you or yeah. are you saying thank you to me? Did you did you say thank you to me? Yeah, can you just get up and leave? <laughs> I'll give them a visual sort of... So this segment's over. The bucket, two men and a bucket. Done. Yeah, failed. Failed. We're going to go yeah. for a nightcap now. Yeah. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>